If you have been with us, we are going through the big story, which we're basically taking the year and we're tree-topping all of the major kind of narratives throughout the Bible. Uh, this is really fun to do. So, I mean, if you grew up in the church as a kid, you did stuff like this. Um, now we get to go through the big story uh, as an adult. And, uh, of course, we're doing this all across. The kids are doing it too. College ministry is doing it. Youth Everybody's doing the big story. Every campus. Um, but it's fun to go through these with a little bit of an adult lens. Like, what does this mean for us even as, as adults? And, uh, and so I'm excited today. Uh, we're going to be in Genesis 12, 1 through 7. It's page 9 if you're using the Bible in the chair. I almost said pew. Uh, but in the chair in front of you or with you, page 9 is where we're going to be. Uh, I do want to encourage you, the big story, we have a reference page for those that want to go deeper and deeper into this. I mean, you would love to read some extra pieces of literature. You would like, we have a devotional that will be up there. We've got videos to correspond with this. For those that just want so much more, um, go to the website, Big Story Resources. It's also on the Church Center app. Um, I'd encourage you to go there. I mean, man, podcasts, we geek out on some of these questions that we just don't have time for on a Sunday morning. For those that want a lot more, uh, make sure to go to the website and uh, look at the resource page for the Big Story. There is a lot of great stuff there for you. Today we're going to be talking about the call of Abraham, Abram, um, God calling him out. I want to start just kind of with this thought. Uh, so today, if you walk in this place early on a Sunday morning, and you thinking about, again, I want you to think about the world that you live in. So just be very aware of your job. Be, aware, be very aware of, like, the news. Be, be very aware of traffic in the city. Be very aware of, like, the economy and how your investments are doing. Who, who feels good? <laughs> Be very aware of just the state of our world. Be very aware of, like, the marketing. Be very aware of, like, your own body, things that you have that you wish you didn't have or ways that you look that you wish you'd. It's like, man, if I could just look like this or... I mean, like, just be very aware of all of the disconnect, the frustration. I mean, to everybody that feels overwhelmed. To everybody that feels like they don't fit in their job. To everybody that feels like you can't keep your head above water. To everybody that feels like they can't figure out what they're supposed to do with their life. To everybody that feels emotionally exhausted. To everybody that feels like you just don't have enough time. I have good news and bad news. The good news is, in a sense, you're, you're right. You are exhausted and worn out and being pulled in every direction. Uh, the bad news is you are also objectively wrong. Uh, I stumbled across this article. This is really interesting. It was written by The Atlantic. This is obviously not a Christian source, and I'm choosing it on purpose for this illustration. And they were writing an article. The author was writing an article talking about just how uh, how awful people feel. I mean, the fear, right? I mean, so think about this. Take COVID. People that refuse to get the vaccine are afraid. People that were rushing to get the vaccine are af afraid. People that cannot wait to get back with other people because of how they're geared. It's because they're lonely and they're, right? Or people that are running and don't want to be back in it. It's like fear is driving everything. 
People are totally overwhelmed. I mean, and, and I just want to, I want to bring this up. So this, this author writes this, and the Atlantic tends to come from a more educated, definitely non-Christian kind of source, but it's kind of interesting to see uh, kind of what the secular world is thinking about things. This is an interesting source to go to. I do not recommend it as a good place to continually consume information, but if you're curious where the secular world, that kind of academic secular world that's bouncing around in their heads, this is an interesting source. Listen to what this author says. As a country, we're working less than we did in the 1960s and 1980s, and considerably less than we did in the agrarian industrial economic, or economy when uh, Keynes foresaw uh, a future of leisure. Now, this is, a, this is referencing a, a paper that was written a long time ago, basically saying that, um, so many years ago, a paper was written saying, hey, looking at all the technological advancements, there's going to come a day, they thought it would be like today, where we would all be bored. The author goes on to say, between 1965 and 2011, time spent on housework and childcare for women declined by 35% or 15 hours each week. Pause. So every exhausted mom, you shouldn't feel exhausted, I guess. <laughs> Thanks to dishwashers, TV, and other appliances that assist the work of our stay-at-home parents, the Atlantic. Now, he goes on to say, and it's long form. I'm, I'm just going to summarize it. He goes on to say, he doesn't know why we're all miserable. We shouldn't be. In fact, in the article, he literally says, I have, and he calls them pet theories. I've got pet theories that I want to throw our way. Maybe reasons why we're just exhausted, emotionally exhausted. We're living in so much fear. We're like, he has all these pet theories. Why do we feel so overwhelmed, so off? So, like, all these things shouldn't be true, but they are. Why are we miserable? He literally, in the article, it's kind of interesting. I reference it in my notes if you want to go read the whole thing. Um, but he literally says uh, in there, if anybody has any ideas, offer them in the comment section. What's happening? What's happening? How is it? that mental health is on the decline. What's happening? I'm going to offer this idea to you. We are immersed in a culture that drains us. Now let me clarify, clarify the word drain. What do I mean by drains us? Every advertisement, every commercial, Every social media post causing comparison pulls from our self-worth, pulls from our wallet, and our potential to feel complete and content. Like, everything that we see, and now we're immersed in ads. I mean, every time you open up your phone, which you carry with you all the time, every time you open up social media, every time you drive down the road, a billboard, everything, everything is basically trying to convince you you're not enough and you need a product. We don't need more downtime. Bear with me. I know you're going to think I'm wrong for a second. We don't need more downtime. We need rescued from the culture. And 
This is so important that you begin to wrap your brain around this idea. I am not challenging you to take more downtime today. I'm challenging you to step out of this culture's norms. In a sense, um, I want to I welcome you to the rebellion. I want to welcome you to the rebellion. Genesis 12, 1 through 7 Now the Lord said to Abram, Abram, who will become Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country. Just that opening phrase, the first thing that God tells Abram. Like, step out of all of these norms. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Man, that would be quite a word to hear from the Lord. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. You're not too old to begin a great mission for God. When he departed from Haran, and Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot's brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that had acquired, they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to the land of Canaan. Where they came to the land of Cabum, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, a couple of really important things for this. This is literally just the calling of Abram out of that culture. Remember the grand story that we've been working through. After the Tower of Babel, fallen man had created a destructive fallen culture. So I want you to be very aware of where Abram is living before his call out of it. He is literally living in a culture where sickness, fear, selfishness, jealousy, and death are everywhere. Every time Abram turned on CNN or Fox News, just kidding, they didn't have that back then, I guess What was on this? What was reported? What did they see? What were they experiencing constantly in this highly fallen world? Remember, Abram is of the people that were scattered from the Tower of Babel. He is of the rebellion. Sickness, fear, selfishness, jealousy, and death are literally everywhere. God looks at this civil mess, and instead of wiping them out, or abandoning them, he looks for someone that he can work with. And I wonder too, like, when God looks at Fishers, Indiana, or Noblesville, or Westfield, Indianapolis, and he looks into your household, does he say, does he, does he see somebody that he can actually work with? He finds a man named Abram. 
His name will be changed to Abraham in Genesis 17. He finds a man that he can work with. Out of the rebellion, he finds, and this is a really important way to look at it, out of the rebellion, he literally finds a new kind of rebel. In a sense, it's a rebel of the rebellion. At the Tower of Babel, they rebel against God. The people are scattered. The society collapses as it inevitably would into sickness and death and war and hoarding. And out of the people where all of this brokenness is taking place, he finds a man that he can use. He finds a rebel of the rebellion. Now, the crazy thing is, Abram stands unique simply because he obeys God. Uh, I found this, I, I like this uh, quote. It's from Crossway Study Notes. It says, God's invitation to Abram challenges him to abandon the normal sources of personal identity and security. Now stay on that for a second. What does it mean to abandon the normal sources of personal identity and security? I'm going to say it again. In your own life, in your own context, what does it mean to abandon the normal, secular, cultural, immersed in your society, to abandon the normal sources of personal identity and security? Because here's the truth. If you really believe that your identity and security is in the secular world— You are literally living in the hands of safety that cannot hold you. And this author goes on, the Crossway Study Notes goes on to say, this includes his family and country. To obey, Abram must trust God implicitly. You are now the definer of what it means to be secure. You are now the definer of what it means, what my identity comes from. It is from you, God. You define my worth. What is the good life? What is enough? What is satisfaction? How do I order my day? You define it, not secular culture. When God looks across Fishers, Indiana, when he looks across Westfield, when he looks across Noblesville, when he looks across Carmel, when he looks across Indianapolis, does he find a person that says, I am willing to let God define my identity and my security? Humility before God is the actual road in a sense, to greatness. God says he is going to make a great name out of this no-name person. Genesis 12, 1 through 3, 15, 17. At Babel, now notice how this goes back to, even poetically back to the Tower of Babel. At Babel, they wanted to make their name great. Abram makes God's name great, which ends up being the way humans find actual significance or greatness. I do want to invite Josh up, and I'm going to pull some of these ideas together here for the next couple of minutes. If you find yourself tired, the welcome to Christianity is not a mere slowing down. It is a supplanting of activity. 
And, and I was trying to think, like, Lord, h- how do I help articulate this? And, and, and we're going to talk more about this even in the weeks to come. But he was called, Abram was called out of the, the rebellion. Like, he's a rebel of the rebellion. And, and, and I want to really think about this for just a, a moment here. This means that you can be called and used of God even if you come from absolute spiritual rebellion. Like if your family was incredibly messed up, if they got it totally wrong, if the home you come from, the job that you're in is messed up, whatever it is, it doesn't matter how messed up you are. Abram comes literally from the land of the rebels and God calls him out. To follow God will require a level of cultural, it just will. You will be different. And I was trying to think through how to, how to, how to say this. Um, when you hear the word Sabbath, and, and, and I think with good intention, we have interpreted the word Sabbath as downtime. So like, I'm going to take a Sabbath day. And what I mean by Sabbath is a downtime. I'm going to rest. But if you think what God is calling you to is you're exhausted by culture, culture is wearing you out, the fear of culture, the security of culture, the identity of what the good life is, is defined by your neighbors and the cars they're driving, the home they live in. If that is wearing you out and you think what you need is a little bit of downtime from it, you still want to be fully American culture. You just need a little rest from it. If that's what you're thinking Sabbath means, you're wrong. Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann, he does a, he wrote a book called Sabbath as Resistance. We're going to talk about it again in a few weeks. But the Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann makes the case that Sabbath isn't downtime. So it's not like you're a really busy American and you're really exhausted and your value system is American. You're pursuing American ideals or, or whatever culture, whatever secular culture you come from. You're all of this American in every sense and it's wearing you out. So what you need is you just need a day where you slow down. That's not Sabbath. Walter Brueggemann makes the case that Sabbath isn't downtime. It's rejecting the sinful, fallen ways of culture you are immersed in and taking on a new way of doing life. Abram is a rebel of the rebellion. Like, so... Abram's call to follow God is not, you know what, I just need a break from all of, I mean, like, my friends and family, everybody's just outright alcoholics. And so I'm just going to do a little less of that. You know, my people are just, what they value, the size of the flock, or we would maybe use the word like investment, or um, all of these worldly identities, cultural fallen identities that are all around me, um, it's wearing me out. So God, I love you. I'm just going to take it all down a notch so I can try to keep, catch my breath. That's not what's happening. Abram is a rebel of the rebellion. He's literally looking at all these cultural values, and God looks at him and says, I'm able to use you if you're able to reject that as the prime good and accept and follow me. Do do you see it? Abram is a rebel of the rebellion. 
If you are with us today, functionally, if you're with us today in worship, you are also rebelling against the rebellion in a sense. You're reprioritizing your time. So uh, welcome to the rebellion. My friends, Jesus is going to come from this man's faithfulness, from the rebellion at the Tower of Babel, out of the absolute mess of humanity, will come the Savior of the world. Jesus is going to come from this man's faithfulness. And by faithfulness, we don't mean just do culture a little less. We mean reorder. Jesus is going to come to this man's faith, from this man's faithfulness, and he is life to the full, John 10.10. To find real rest for your soul is to actively rebel against the world's draining rhythms. Not just take it down a notch, but to rebel against the world's draining rhythms. Maybe the way to say it would be like this. To make space for things like prayer, Bible study, church, or a small group, to make space for these, it isn't to add to your culture. It's to remove what is actually draining you and to reorder your life. That's what it means. So it's not you be all secular and add a little Jesus. To really follow God means you follow Christ and it surplants other things in your life. Look, if you're so busy doing secular culture, you don't have time to read your Bible, you're not the one that God can call out yet. It's the person that goes, time out. No, I will not. I will, not let, let my, I will not let my life and my family be so consumed by what is not eternal that I don't have space for what is. Abram is rejecting as he's accepting. Like Abram, you become a rebel of the rebellion. Matthew eleven twenty nine. I just I want to I want to let this scripture sit. I mean, you guys probably know this really well, but Jesus says to these people who are thoroughly exhausted in the Greco-Roman era, right? So Pax Romana, fear is everywhere. It's peace by the sword. And Jesus says this. He says, "Take my yoke." He doesn't say, just slow down a little bit. What is a yoke? It is a work. 
Yoke is an activity. Yoke is a job. Yoke is an action. It's something you're doing. Take his life rhythms on you and learn from me, Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. You don't find rest by just taking this cult, the secular culture you're immersed in. You don't find rest for your souls by trying to just take it down a notch. You find rest for your souls by removing the world's yoke and taking Jesus's on you. That's how you find rest. The path from Abram to what will be Abraham literally is, it's, it's this. I'm going to take off the yoke of all of this brokenness and sinfulness and obsession with whatever it might be. I'm going to put it down and I'm going to take on the activities, priorities, and ways of Christ. I'm going to put that on. I'm not going to stay in the secular culture and just try to take a little more, take a lighter day. I'm going to take it off. I'm going to put, put on his value, rhythm, ways. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find For your souls. And then he goes on to say, right, for my yoke, this is Jesus, for my yoke is, and my burden is, by putting on the activity of Christ, your soul finds, finds, finds peace. Finds peace. So my thought to, the, to, you, to, to you today is, is simply this. Even right now, Holy Spirit, you do what only you can do. What would you have to let go of to actually find the space to lean closer into Jesus? What would have to go if you were going to prioritize worship? Reading your Bible, prayer, a small group. Like, what has to go so you can make space for that? What yoke do you have to take off? So when God, all those years ago, when God looks at the utter collapse post the Tower of Babel, civilizations are in decay, death and fear, hoarding are rampant, wars and rumors of wars and disease are just flying through culture. And God looks across the land and he's like, who can I use? And he sees Abram. And the first thing he says is, basically, are you willing to abandon your civilization, your culture? Now, again, by abandon, I, I, I mean that 
Now, to Abram, he's actually calling him to a place, but even to you, like, are you willing to let go of what your definition of a win is in life and let go of what your definition of security is in life and let go? Are you willing to actually take off the yoke of our moderns, take that yoke off you? And I wonder even now when God looks across Indianapolis and Fishers and Carmel and he looks across the homes and he peers in to your home And he looks and he says, can I use you? And we're like, man, God, I, I really do. I want your peace and I want to feel good about myself, but, but I don't want to change my values. And I don't want to change my definition of security. And I don't want to change my definition of what a good life is. I don't, want to ch- I don't want to change my rhythms, but they are wearing me out. So I'm not going to take a, a day of lesser busyness, but I'm still going to be focused on all of our cultural things. So it's like, God, I, I, I like you and I want good things from you, but I don't want to put on your ways. Really, I don't, I don't want that. So when God peers across our community and he's looking for another Abram, when he looks at you and he looks in your heart, how bad, how deeply, how much are you willing to let go of to actually make space to live Christ culture. Even now, Holy Spirit, I just ask in your name that you would bring to mind anything that is working as a barrier for us in us to actually follow you. What are the busyness? What are the fears? What are the the, the, the normal cultural things that, that we have adopted that are our identity, they, our, they are our sense of security that might actually become an obstacle to putting on your yoke. And even right now in this room or even those watching online, I ask in your name, Jesus, that you would spur our hearts, let your spirit bring to mind what we literally need to lay at the altar and go, God, my fear over what a win is financially or fear over, you know, God, my desire to be liked by this people group, my definition of what, what do we need to lay at the altar, literally to sacrifice at the altar so we can actually put on his, his yoke. The next steps card, they're in the back of the chairs. I just want to run through these and then, and then let you just sit in the Spirit's work. If you need to talk to a pastor about your spiritual journey, I want you to mark it on this card and just put your name on it and we're going to follow up with you. If you need to start a relationship with Jesus, I mean, like maybe even today it's a recommitment. 
you, you realize, it just, it dawns on you today how much of the world and the definition of success and the fears of the world and identity of the world is still on you. And it's like, man, I need to actually take that off and really put on his yoke. If you need to start a relationship with Jesus, check it on there. Put your name on there. We want to follow up with you. If you need to be baptized, literally that public proclamation that your life is dead to self and alive in Christ, mark it on this card. We want to follow up with you. Maybe you're following Jesus and you are pursuing him and you need to discover your spiritual gifts and your calling. Mark it on here. If you need to join a group, you need to be at a place where people know your story and you know their story and you wrestle through life's complexities together, mark it on this card. If you need to learn how to share Jesus in your spheres of influence and you're like, man, I am a Christian, but I don't ever talk about it with my friends. I don't ever bring it up at work. I don't like, it's, it's my own little compartmentalized thing and I need, to, I need to go broader than that, but I don't know what to do. Mark it on this card. We want to help you with that. And lastly, if you have any prayer request for anything that you want us to pray with you about, write it down. Holy Spirit, in your name, you do what only you can do. I pray that you would not just search our communities. I ask that you would search our hearts. And I pray in your name that you would raise up an army of Abrams who are actually willing to take off modern culture and put on Christ. People who actually understand Sabbath isn't mere slowing down secular living. Sabbath is resistance against a whole value system that is destroying us. It is putting on a new way of living that actually can bring life and love. In your name, Jesus, I pray right now you would just take people's hearts where you need them to go. In your name. Take some time. Write, think, pray. What is God speaking to you? Thanks for listening to Sunday Sermon on the Made for More podcast. If you are not connected in a church community, we would love to connect with you. Send us a message on social media or fill out a digital next steps card at encountertrinity.com slash next steps.